The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 133, recorded February 18th, 2022. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the KyberCast team. The other half is... Michael Diaz, the larger half. Which, I guess, that does not, that's not possible if it's half. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, I don't even know where to go. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you, Joe? Not too bad. It's a little crazy. Been out at... Busy all week uh, shooting photography and stuff and um, headed back out again. So recording late. So I know we're recording this on a Friday. I know. So you, you got to work on a Saturday? I have to work on a Saturday. That sucks. Do you get comped? No. Oof. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, part of the job, Michael. Part of the job. Yeah, that's what the man tells you. It is. But at least it's fun stuff. It's not like, you know, having to go in the office or anything. You get to go shoot cool people, photography-wise. I don't want to not all bad. get misplayed when I say shoot people. Um, Got a lot to talk about this week. We had the Super Bowl, which had a ton of stuff on there. So why don't we jump into the news? I'm going to jump right in with uh, something I heard yesterday from our good friend, Alan, who sent the text. Um, I sent the text. Oh, you did? I thought Alan sent that. That was me. Oh. Well, Alan said he couldn't read it all because he was driving. Oh, I just saw Alan's text in the link. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Man, I don't even get credit. Sorry. But uh, it looks like John Williams is going to, I guess, score? Score the main theme or write the main theme. I'm not sure. They, they say it as score, but it's not the whole show. He's just writing the theme for Obi-Wan. So what do you think about it's, that? It's still pretty cool. I mean. They made a kind of a big deal about the fact that, you know, with The Rise of Skywalker, he was like, this is the last Star Wars film I'm doing. And he's still, I mean, it's still right. Technically. Yes. But he's well, coming back for just a little bit more. I think when he has a character that he's always been with, you know, he's wrote everything. He's probably came in like, can I just give him the theme? Like he did for Solo. He just he gave Han's theme, but he didn't write the movie. Right. So maybe it's characters he cares about. But it's a good first step. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we already know Obi-Wan is going to be a limited series. We get the six episodes. That's it. You know, and all those, all those rumors a few years ago about how, um, you know, they were going to do an Obi-Wan movie and then they didn't, obviously. Right. This is, this is just going to be that. It's going to be an extended movie. So I'm glad they're bringing Williams in, in whatever capacity they can, even if it is just for his theme. But I mean, John Williams and Star Wars goes hand in hand. So right. why wouldn't you want to have it? Exactly. It's, it's the right thing to do. I a hundred percent agree. All right. No con, non, no, I'm trying to say like English people, controversy, controversy, controversy. I don't know. They say it funny. <laughs> I 
Um, anyway, I don't even know why I tried that, but it just popped in my head. All right, next thing, we're going to talk about this later as the Peacemaker finale is our main topic today, but it is a two, a season two is a go. Written, Which I'm happy about. It's going to be written and directed by James. So, you know, he's going to do the whole thing. He, I don't know where does he have the time. Between him and Taylor Sheridan, they must really have a lot of cocaine. <laughs> well, James Gunn didn't, did seem to go from, now nah, he was probably dying his hair, but he went from dark brown hair to white, like overnight. Right, right. So, I don't <laughs> know. All right, we'll talk about more Peacemaker later. Um, in other news, over the Super Bowl weekend, way to go Rams, way to go Matt Stafford, um, we saw a Doctor Strange preview. What'd you think? That thing was. I'll, I'll you go ahead. You start, Michael. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I, I know that you know we got our main topic of Peacemaker coming up, but I do want to take a couple minutes just to talk about this because, right? If anything, I said this during Marvel What If when they were coming out, and I know you're not the biggest fan. I liked them more than you did, which is right. fine. But I said at the time, these are canon. These are going to be important. Clearly, and I think. That is demonstrated a hundred percent in this trailer alone. Yeah, it looks like they even throw some zombies in there, which kind of sucks. Well, we'll see. It all depends on how it's done, Joe. Remember, you're right. You're right. It's I all about the right. Just tired of zombies. I but understand. I get it, that. It does look like they're they're gearing up for um to to have the Scarlet Witch be the main villain, though. It looks like that, but we do know. I mean, we're obviously going to see. Because we've seen him in both trailers now, Strange Supreme. Yep. And I don't know if you caught the bit about the poster. Oh yeah, with all the glass shards, all the reflections, and yeah, you know, and some one of the reflections, some voices. Go ahead. Yep. Well, one of the reflections has Captain Carter's shield. Right. So yeah. So now we haven't seen any hint of Peggy Carter. But it's possible now if her shields. If anything, we've learned from Marvel and this recent release of the you know the Spider Man No Way Home. None of those little hints are by accident. No, not at all. So, what this really kind of does is make what if essential viewing because it's it's part of the storyline. You're not going to know like. I'm sure they're going to do well enough to say, okay, this is... I don't think it's essential. I think it's it's better background for you. Well, I don't think they're going to go super deep into who Strange Supreme is. They're just going to be like, oh, he's... I, you know, for the casual viewer, yes, they can just come in and say... Right, it should be that way. Yeah, it's, here's Strange Supreme. He's right. he's an alternate Strange from a different reality. Right. But I do believe that, um, you know, for the hardcore fans... Yeah, they're going to know so much more. I mean, that was that was probably one of my favorite episodes of What If. Right. So, anyway, all that to say, I'm really geeked for it. And what about, what about Dr. Seems, X? Professor X. I always, say Dr. X. I always say Dr. X. What about Professor X? Clearly yeah. his voice. So, clearly Patrick's. I mean, yeah. I could say spoilers, but it's too late. But the point of the fact. They put the, the preview is, out. Yeah. The preview's been out. Right. I mean, if anyone that has a decent sense of hearing knows that's Patrick Stewart, there's no if, ands, or buts. Right. So you were really it's worried. Not, you were worried that it's Sam Raimi. Do you, do you still look worried? Actually, no. I've come about 180 degrees. 
It looks like it still fits in the Marvel. It doesn't look super Raimi yet, you know. Uh, well, there's a darker aspect to it, and right. at least the way the trailer was cut seemed to make it look more suspenseful, maybe coming up to the edge of horror, which is completely Raimi's wheelhouse. Correct. So, now that we've seen this trailer, yeah, I'm I'm 100% in on Raimi. I feel, don't get me wrong, I loved two of his three Spider-Man films. He did Spider-Man Fantastic. The action was great. The storytelling was great. Like I said, uh, two out of three of them. <laughs> but right. his bread and butter has always been horror and suspense, right? Right. This... That looks like we're going in that vein. Do you do you see the same or no? I see the same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. It's that's. It looks like it. I. Um. It looks great to me. I'm I'm super geeked about it. And there's a lot of stuff coming up, and that's one of my top three or four, I think, for sure. Yeah, it's see this. This last trailer has shot it to the top. I mean, yes, yeah. I want to see Batman on the big screen. And now I want to see Peacemaker. Not Peacemaker, sorry. Peacemaker. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange, Frank. Sorry, my bad. Dr. Strange. Right. Me too. All right, well, let's move along because we've got, I do want to get some time into Peacemaker and not just zip through it. Um, the Moon Knight long preview. So you're the Moon Knight expert on this podcast because I don't know anything. So you knowing his name is even makes you an expert. Um, it looks great to me. It looks very, very interesting. It looks uh, like it's going to hold its own as a Marvel show. It looks like it might even be better than some because I, I kind of dig the new character stuff. Like I want to learn, like I said about Shang-Chi, like what I liked about it is I didn't know anything about him. I don't have any baggage. I don't have to worry about did it fit something like I do with Star Wars where I watch in fear first and then I try to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And the preview looks great. I think it looks great too. Um and I do like from what we've seen in the preview, now the two that we've seen, is they're not just pulling from 80s era Moon Knight, or not even 80s and 90s. They're pulling straight from the 2010s era Moon Knight, where you know sometimes you see him in like a, a, a almost a suit and a tie. So it looks interesting. I I'm I'm a little bit dubious only because. They're really going in on this multiple personality thing, which is, yes, part of Moon Knight canon from the Well, 80s. that's what they're showing us right now. We don't know how. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm curious because that was, like I said, a big part of the 80s, uh, the 90s reinvention, which I was, re- that's when I really got into Moon Knight. They kind of abandoned that. So I'm curious how, how they're going to handle that. Um, so I, I come in with a little bit of baggage that said, I love Moon Knight. I think he's a great character. He's one of my favorite C-level characters. I'm all in. Cool. Good, good. Um, I'm all in. I mean, I'm already paying for the damn service, so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. All right. The next one. Big deal for Michael. Huge. You want to say what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, So Star Trek Four is officially a go. And who made that announcement? JJ, your buddy. <laughs> I wanted to, a, now he's not directing. He's probably still executive producer on this stuff. He's right? still producing. Yeah, he hasn't directed since In the Darkness. Well, you would you say know, he hasn't directed ever. Well, he steals a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he impersonates a lot. Homages. I think it goes beyond that, but we're not here to talk about what I feel about JJ Abrams. Um, I think this is yeah. a cool thing for Star Trek. I mean, they still haven't made a good, great movie in a while. Um, that said, I really enjoyed the first JJ Star Trek like a lot. I like the movie. So did I. I mean, I literally bought a Blu-ray player just so I could watch it in Blu-ray. So you got to give him credit for that one. You liked it. I did. I did like it, and it was like listen. I, I, it was what it needed to, exactly what it needed to be. Right. It had to, you know draw in Star Trek geeks like me, Trekkers, Trekkies, whatever you want to call us. But it had to be more appealing. It had to appeal to the people that but did it, not give a shit about Star Trek. Not to go too deep, but wasn't it really a smart move to set a new timeline? Like, otherwise you're going to tell the same story that's been told. So it was kind of nice to like give it a little alternate, you know, universe kind of thing, I suppose. Yeah, but it's the same characters, you know? Sure, but I mean, the dynamic was different. You know, Spock became yeah, but, captain first and all the, the, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think if it yeah, were. We're, right. we're seeing that in Discovery, though. I mean, there are other ways to do th- new things. You know, Discovery jumping, you know, 900 years in the future, or 800 and some odd future, you know, whatever. Uh, That's another way to do it, which I know you're not loving Discovery. And I'm not. <laughs> I, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying there are other ways. Sure. Anyways, uh, so are you genuinely excited for this or not? Yeah, I you know I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember the director's name, uh, but I know he came off of uh, Wandavision, so that's a that's a plus, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, the third movie didn't do that great. I know it was directed by what uh, Justin Lin from the Fast and Furious franchise. It's okay. It wasn't horrible. Um, I really liked it. I liked it way more than Into Darkness. Yeah, I, they're all just. Good movies. They're not like great. They're not going to change anything. It was fun to watch. I didn't hate them. No, I mean, like I said, the third one I think I saw uh, on a rainy Sunday morning because we had nothing else to do, and like, right. let's go see it. And I mean, we can say a lot, it. good or bad. I think they're all well casted. One hundred percent. The thing that's going to be interesting in this one is how they're going to handle uh, Chekhov's death, right? Because unfortunately, Antonio, if they do, unless they replace him. Which they can well, do they're going to have to acknowledge it somehow. But or this not. next one, I think, you just replace it. You're super geeked out, right? Um, huge, huge rings of power. They had a full preview. Well, not a full preview. They had a, a first look. I guess is the best way to say it. And uh, you know, I, I don't quite get the stories, which is good. They're just kind of showing some characters and um. It looks fantastic. I mean, it looks like Amazon spared no expense, just like Jurassic Park. The, I, that's what's in my head. What's his name's uh, voice? You know, um, Hammond? Is that, <laughs> is, that, is that the guy's name? Yes. Yep. And um, it, it looks fantastic. I know you won't watch it because um, it's fantasy. Oh, but it, It's funny you mentioned that. As I saw the trailer, and I, you can see that Amazon has spent some major coin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what I hear, this uh, isn't this first season like $200 million or something like that? Or maybe I Rough, misread Something it. like that, yeah. It's a lot of money. And all I could see is that maybe they didn't spend it on the actors, but, you know, it's going to be a hard sell to get that many actors, and, you know, into a show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that's it. It looks like the money is well spent. I actually thought to myself, you know what? There's another baggage from the books in this because this is a completely original story, yes? Yeah, based on I think some early stuff, but yeah, there's nothing. There's, yes, no, yeah, there's, 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 there's a few characters in there from the book, so Galadriel and things like that. That's fine. But obviously the three films that came out were direct adaptations of the three novels, of right? Of course, yes. Of course there's some tweaking. There's always some you know, change in when you go from one medium to another. Especially from Tolkien, who gets deep into other things. So to make a movie run, there's a lot of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So all that to say, even though I didn't enjoy the one movie I saw, um, I think I'll give this one a shot. Yeah. Maybe it'll help you finish the... You, did you watch the entire Fellowship of the Ring? No, I watched one film. Uh, did you watch the, all it's of it, though? That is the one film, Fellowship of the Ring. That's the first one. You watched it all? Watched it all. In the oh, I thought you said you stopped. I thought you said. No, you no, I was in the theater. Oh, I thought you got, well, Okay. I, I went with a friend of mine who is also a huge Tolkien fan. And uh, when I got done, he was like, that was awesome. I'm like, oh, my God, that was boring. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited. So I, not much more to say other than it looks good. I, you know, it's one of those like, please, I might watch the first couple episodes in fear. <laughs> just like, like I said with the Star Wars thing. So it's just not awful. Like it can look great, but if there's no story and they can't act, then oh my god, you know. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, they got people that can act because there's nothing worse when you've got someone that's like obviously doing it for the paycheck. I mean, I know they all get paid, but someone that doesn't believe in the script and they're just, uh, right. which you can sometimes see, uh, you know, in these TV. I know it's streaming, so it's not really like TV used to be. But my point is, hopefully, they spent the money on the actors as well. Right, 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 right. So we shall see. And then one bit of news, there's the the Marvel, I guess, IPs for Netflix. I think they're going to be gone at the end of February. I think at like March 1st or something like that, they leave Netflix. So Daredevil, um, Jessica Jones, uh, what is it? Um, what's Iron, it Fist. Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage. So... I'm telling you guys, if you only have time, watch all the Daredevils. Michael, you, you still haven't watched season three. I, I don't know if they're going. Oh, did you? I don't know if they're going to move to uh, Marvel. They haven't not made that or to Disney. They have not made that announcement. So they're not. At least they're not moving there immediately. Right. And I'll give you this: the Marvel series on Netflix, PG thirteen to R, depending on the episode. Oh, and Punisher. Punisher's there too. Yeah. Um, like I said, PG-13 to R, mm-hmm. or Disney Plus stops at PG-13. Right. So, honestly, I'm thinking it would make more sense if these shows on Hulu. eventually showed up on Hulu. It's possible. Unless they cut them in some ways. You know, we'll see. Now, so, I would say watch them, though. Make sure you at least watch Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is great. So. I don't think they'll cut them, and here's why. We already know, we've already seen D'Onofrio come back as the kingpin. We know they got plans for Charlie Cox and he can't talk about him. Right. They're going to get him, they're going to show up someplace, either right after they announce something with either of those two, or right before they announce something, because they're going to want to, you know, you know, get get the fire going again. Right. They'll be back. They'll be back. <laughs> All right. 
So let's move on to our geek this week. Michael probably has a super list. He didn't get a chance to write his down, but I, yeah, so I don't know his, so he could speak to his. But I'm just uh, finishing up. Uh, there's new episodes out today, I believe, of Vox Machina. The, the, like I told you about that. The um, Critical Role team, has uh, who has a, a Twitch show. that's basically them playing Dungeons & Dragons. They're all voice actors. Uh, my son Sam turned me on to them, and I, I I love that stuff. That you know, every every campaign, they have a new campaign right now. It's up to I think it's at episode seven, and it's so hard to keep up because they're all four four and a half hours long. Each episode, each episode. Well, yeah, they they play for like three hours, three and a half hours. Oh, that's too long. That's too long. Well, you just put it in the background. It's not like there's nothing to watch. You're listening, so, but you can watch it on Twitch. Um, but that's how they get these came. Anyways, their first campaign, uh, Vox Machina, is uh, now a, an animated series. And I believe it's up to 12 episodes is what they're going to do. And I think it's at eight now. So catching up with that. How about you? I actually have no things that I geeked out over this week. What? Not even that cool shirt? Well, yeah, I got it. Yeah, for our listeners who can't see. Uh, yeah, Woot had a sale and I got a couple of... Uh, Star Wars themed shirts for six bucks a piece. So I'm wearing a red shirt that looks like it was made in the 70s that says this is the way with the Mandalorian and Grogu. And, and Michael did not send me a link or a heads up either. So just so you know. <laughs> and then I got another one that's also very 70s-esque. It's just a gray shirt with uh, an X-Wing with a bunch of colors around it. Whoops, I'm knocking stuff over. Very cool. Well, that's, uh, that's it. I I saw... I know I've been reading Spectators from Brian K. Vaughn the last couple of weeks. I haven't read the third part, the third part yet. All right. Um, and I finished that manga series I was reading, Sweat and Soap, and I just kind of got done last Thursday and then took a break. Didn't pick anything else up, and I thought, yeah, I just took a break. It's it's good to do that. So I'm sure I'll have plenty of geek stuff next week again. So that's it. All right. Um, hey, for those out there that like to help out the show. You can make small little tips to us at patreon.com slash kybercast. There's a couple of three tiers there that help us out. And you can see all the amenities with those tiers at patreon.com slash kybercast. Um, so, you know, check it out if you'd like. All right, Michael. Let's get to your show. The show. The final finale. My show? It's, well, you love it more than I do. I like the show. I'm not making it uh, negative on it, but it's you're way... You love it more than I love it. Um, Peacemaker. I do love it. Peacemaker finale. Um, I'll say my stuff first. Please do. Uh, good ending. I th- I think I'm still correct as to what I said last week. I think the penultimate episode was better than this one. I agree. Because um, this really had nowhere to go other than like, let's just go fight and win. And you knew that was going to happen. They weren't yep. going to they weren't going to fight and lose. Um, but I will say they really had a couple things in there where I thought maybe somebody would die. I thought, uh, I, I wish I knew all the characters names. I'm bad with them, but the blonde chick. Hardcore. Yeah. I, I thought she was done maybe because, you know, um, she took a pretty good couple of shots and, you know, was choking up all the blood. It was the blood that made me think about it. Cause she was choking up a lot of blood, not the shots that were, you know what I mean? Right. If you shot to the point where blood is coming out of your mouth. I mean, you got holes inside of you. Yeah. That are bleeding. It, so, was a, it was a fair assessment to think she was done. Oh, yeah. I was like, how do you come back from that? Because it's TV. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only reason how it worked. Because it's TV. Right. Yeah, I thought she was done for as well. 
hundred percent. So, so I, I liked it. I think I hate to say, did they, did they stick the landing? Yeah, but it was a predictable stick. There was nothing crazy about this episode. There was nothing. Um, I'm not going to say it's the worst episode of the series. I'm just saying it was a regular ending and it was kind of a, okay. I, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I, I, I am hundred percent in the same uh, boat. You are the last episode before this. Well, it had a bigger climax. I mean, you had Chris slash Peacemaker finally taking on his father and starting down that path where he forgives himself for his brother dying and realizing it maybe wasn't his fault. Right. He's not there yet, but I think he's now open to that and realizing how his father put him in that place. Or, or so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that uh, having the mental ghost of his dad is going to be a good thing for season two. Never, oh, yeah. never, never going to leave him. <clears throat> oh yeah, which it, that fits with the comics because in the comics, okay, his father is always talking to him, and his father, like I said, if I remember correctly, in the comics, his father actually was a literal Nazi. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. I mean, he, here he's a white supremacist, right. so it's you know a sidestep removed. But and I think part of the reason for that change is because <laughs> I think when he first premiered in the. I want to say in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it seems right. Uh, yeah, it, it was still not super far away from the sure. existence of actual Nazis. Well, I guess they still exist now. Based they on. do. But anyway, it, it fits to make him more of a white supremacist instead. But like I said, there was an emotional um, climax in the last episode. So yeah, this episode, I loved it still. Um, and I agree. It's they stuck the landing, but they didn't. It wasn't a Simone Biles stuck the landing where they went and did something absolutely amazing. And yes, they fucking did it. But it was good. They still stuck it. I mean, it was. They got their points. They won. You know, right? they gave the a great emotional moment to uh, Die Beard. I forget his name too. Yeah, let's uh, um, let's let's give that for a second here because. You know, they teased him most of the series about that, or right. Peacemaker did. Right. And they took what should have been, you know, what could have been a point and laugh moment because he finally has to admit what he has done. Right. And made it very touching and almost tragic. Right. It was, it was good. That's that was one of my favorite moments, actually. That's fantastic writing. Yeah, and that's what James Gunn brought I think, to this. I think they definitely the show deserves to be put uh, win an Emmy for writing, or at least put in the category. I don't disagree because, I, again, I know you were not a huge fan of the Suicide Squad movie. Um, the character of the Peacemaker is different in that. In that, I mean, when you have an ensemble cast like that. How much time does Peacemaker? Well, he is what he is shine. at the beginning of Peacemaker. That's all we know of him. So we, we learn who he is in this. That's exactly. what the show's about. That's what it's for. Right. But you take a guy who in the Suicide Squad, I mean, yes, he's a dick, but it's kind of funny that he's a dick until the end right. when he actually <clears throat> kills Rick Flagg and then eventually he has to, you know, take a bullet to the throat from Bloodsport. 
he's an asshole and you want to see him take that bullet. Right. And when you find out he's alive, you're like, fuck. Really? I mean, you knew he was going to be alive because they'd already announced this, the series by then. Right. But you're kind of like, oh, he's an asshole. But in the course of this series, the writing was so strong that you see, number one, why he's an asshole. And through these eight episodes, it shifts your perspective. Now, do I totally, you know, absolve him for killing Rick Flagg? And do I think he's the best person ever? No. He still has flaws. Of course. But, I mean, he's human. We're all going to have flaws. But he doesn't get a pass per se, but you see the way he was brought up and why he believes what he believes and why he acted how he acted. And now that he's finally starting to move away from that, there's character growth. He, he does have a chance to improve as a person, and right. that's where it leaves you at the end of season one. Are you... Are you happy with how they ended? Is, it, is this good? For, I mean, to me, it was good ending because I don't think obviously they didn't know they were going to get a season two. No. So it ended in a in a spot where you can leave it. It did, yeah. That's Which is you, that's why it's hard to have a, an ending when you to to do something. There was no trick. There was no post credit scene in terms of uh, what future story is. There was some like outtakes of a earlier scene. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I think I think they did what they needed to do for this for season one. Um, what about the way they set this up, though? Kind of calling out what's been done was it Amanda Waller? Yes, right. So they call out Amanda Waller. Her her daughter did. Um, uh, Leota, Leota, something like that. Um, so what do you think? That, so now does that that kind of kills what the Suicide Squad is, doesn't it? Uh, it just not necessarily kills um, because let's face it, most of the stuff that Suicide Squad does is out of the country. And I, I think even in today's climate, a lot of people in the U.S. don't care so much about what the U.S. is doing outside of the nation, right? Right. If they had the Suicide Squad working more internally in the U.S., I think more people would be pissed off. Yeah, it's going to, it shines a light on Task Force, Task Force X. And Amanda Waller can't work completely in the darkness anymore. But I still think the Suicide Squad is going to be around and still be going, to, going on missions. It's just now there's not going to be rumors of, oh, wait, did you hear that something happened over in Coro Maltese? I mean, obviously that one was kind of huge, but it, the U.S. government is not going to have the deniability that they've had before. Correct. So it changes things. So we get one of the interesting Twist. I don't know if it was twists or commentary or lying from the aliens, but they were basically turned around and said, you know, we come to protect, basically protect the planet from ourselves. So they want to take control so that wouldn't happen to what their planet happened to our planet. And, you know, the, the, I don't have the exact words in my head, but it was basically a quick commentary of our time. Um, we don't believe in science. We think, minor inconvenience is a loss of freedom. You know, all these things that it was a very uh, liberal approach to the cop, to the, to what, what they were saying. Um, what would you think of that, that take on that particular part? 
Yeah, I have to admit, I was a bit surprised because based on everything that happened the whole season, a part of me is like, oh, you know, this all fits. Because remember, um, Goff, or the, the butterfly that's Goff, was trying to explain to Peacemaker three, four episodes ago that they were things weren't exactly what they thought. And it fits. I think I think that Goff was telling the truth that yeah, we do want to take over these positions of power so we can take the wheel and turn you guys turn the humans off this path of self-destruction. I believe that's what they are doing. I have expected Peacemaker to help and let the uh, help get rid of the, the cow, let the cow teleport somewhere else. And then, boom, activate <laughs> torpedo, human torpedo, and then shoots Leota right through the cow, right? Yeah, at perfect at his heart, I guess. One of his heart. I don't know. Got him, though. Oh, I know. Wow. Didn't quite expect that, but. Once I thought about it for a sec, um, a collar is a collar, whether it's made out of iron or gold. Wow, you're so, so deep. He's deep. That's deep. I know. Because they're still taking over the world. They're still okay. killing right. innocent still, people. It needs to be freedom. Freedom is messy. Right. So... It's interesting because it is that is kind of a liberal take that they took. And then here you have Peacemaker kind of taking a very libertarian approach, which is hands off. Right. We'll decide our own fate. It's an, I mean, the show is a lot deeper than you get, than you think it is, but it is kind of deep with that question. And he obviously made his decision. Right. So, well, what do, show, think, what, do you, what do you think of him keeping uh, Goff, Goff? What's? I don't know that he's keeping Goff. Um, if you look, remember he had that jar earlier in the se- season. He had that jar. I don't know what it is. I'll call it nectar. It's the milk from the cow. The milk, yes, but you know, they're butterflies. So butterflies eat nectar. Yada yada. That wherever that stuff was, they eat the milk. Um, he had a fairly good sized jar of it. And at the end of this episode, the last he pours try. out what appears to be the last of it. So what, what's Goff going to eat after that? I don't know. He could have killed Goff, but he didn't. He didn't. Goff didn't try to get into him either. That's kind of odd. Like Goff hasn't gotten into anyone else. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, It'd be like eagerly, <laughs> be a new, a new pet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I don't see Goff surviving in a season two, but we'll see what happens. Um, so who's going to make all the helmets? His dad did all this. Dad's apparently super smart, even though he was an asshole. Like all that tech and stuff that's back there, that's all him. Yeah, he's white hate Tony Stark. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Um, now that, you know, Argus is out in the open and Task Force X and all that. Now they, either the U.S. government is going to totally disavow them, shut them down, but that's not probably going to happen. So there are plenty of different 
tech companies that supply stuff to the heroes within the DC extended universe, whether it's Wayne Technologies or uh, who is it? Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, Cord Industries, or as we saw in the uh, Arrowverse, Star Labs. There's plenty right. of other places right. you can get new helmets. Yep, if it, it'd be more um, sanctioned, I suppose. Exactly. Probably wouldn't you know have a human torme- torpedo helmet, but. So uh, if I could get a T-shirt, I'm going to hint at uh, something later on, but if I can get a T-shirt tomorrow for Peacemaker, I just want one that says, fuck you, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to talk about the big cameo? Yeah, go ahead. Two big cameos. Two big, well, technically four, but two Two of them stay in the shadows. Two talkers. Two talkers. Right. So they set this up, they foreshadowed it. When um, Leona said, you know, call him the Justice League. They did. I did not expect to see the Justice League. No, I didn't either. And I think that uh, they have been ripping on Aquaman the whole series, though, too. Fucking fish. Yeah. (laughs) And Barry's like, it's not a rumor. (laughs) It's not true or whatever it was. I don't know what he said. I can't remember now. Fuck you, Barry. (laughs) Did you love that cameo or what? That was fun. I mean, it, it was good. Uh, I mean, it's nice to tie in the Zack Snyder universe. So that's a that's is DC going to kind of keep that around still? Like that's the that's the main. That's just what I did. like. I wouldn't mind if they had that the Snyder universe, and they can have other universes and different storylines. They don't have to always be that, but it'd be you know because Aquaman's coming out. I think they're doing a Wonder Woman three. So Gal Gadot, Gadot, whatever. Yeah, well, here's the thing. We already know the Flash movie is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to reset shit. It's going to be a soft reboot, just like Flashpoint was in the comics. So they're going to keep all the aspects of the MC or the I'm sorry, MC, the DCEU that work. They're going to have separate universes still. That's why the Arrow the Arrowverse still exists in its own little pocket. And the Batman's and, coming out, so yeah, Batman. The question is, after, so Batman comes out first, Flashpoint, and then I don't remember which come out first, either Flashpoint or the next uh, Aquaman. But the point is, Batman's first, so anytime after Flashpoint, they could make him, that Batman, the younger Batman, part of the Justice League. Depends. They could. You don't think they will? No. I think that'll be a different line. To be the Batman will be its own thing. Maybe at least initially. Maybe we'll see. There's there's so much they can do. We just don't know what they're gonna do. I know. But all that said, I love the cameo. Obviously, uh, Superman's still a part of the DCEU. We don't know if it's Henry Cavill or not. Should be. Should be. I agree. I think he's a fantastic Superman. I wish he had something better to work with. And Gal Gadot is going to. She's going to be Wonder Woman for at least another film. She's not going anywhere. But she's probably too big a star well, to she get, come into this last year. Yeah, for yeah. Quick. She might have been shooting it, and there's no need. Well, who are the two that have movies coming out this year? Right. Flashing. Right. So um, they're already by the camera. Probably shot on blue screen. Never, never weren't even there anyways. I don't know. They see, well, maybe. They never 
You're actually not in the same shot speaking, nope. so maybe not. Um, I did like peacemakers. Like, you guys are fucking late anyways, or whatever he said. <laughs> Fuck you, you're late anyways. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so overall, we- this series, like I said, I got to give credit to the writing on this series because it made it made me care about a character that I didn't think they could have a full eight episodes on. Right. And here, they go, like I said, it's not necessarily a redemptive arc. He's on the path to redemption, but he's still an asshole. Right. In some ways, like uh, Leota said, she, he is a fair amount of a proto-fascist liber- libertarian or whatever she said. Right. Is is the judo guy, well, I don't know his name, is is he a butterfly? Judo master. Yeah. Is he a butterfly? He's pretty sad yeah. when everybody was dead over there. He's, how do we know? Oh, because of the discussion. Remember Goff down when um, after she freed Peacemaker, she explained, once I tell you what I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to help us. Just like when we told Judo Master he joined us. She okay. said that. Okay, lie. so I mis- I misunderstood. I thought maybe he was a, uh, a butterfly. So, No, he freely and willingly decided to help him out to save the world. I thought maybe they would throw in one uh, a Suicide Squad member at some point um, to bridge maybe into a different series, you know. If they knew for certain they were getting another season or that this was going to be successful enough to want to expand, yeah. I don't think they knew this while this was in production. Right. Obviously, it's become a massive hit for HBO Max. Um. So that's why we're going to get a second season. But also, I I want to say, if I remember correctly, when they announced that, they did leave open the door to other projects with other Suicide Squad members. Right. So all that to say, we're, I would not be surprised if we see someone, but it's too early now to see who else we're going to see. Harley Quinn, probably not because uh, she's too big of a star, even though her movie didn't do shit. Very popular character. That's probably going to say movie-wise. I'm thinking. Who knows? Right. I'm not an executive DC, but that would be my <laughs> no, guess. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm just a guy on a podcast in Michigan with you, Joe. That's right. So I think, you know, not to just wind it down, but I'm going to have to wind it down. I'm just thinking, you know, we've covered, I mean, all the characters are good. I think we've covered the show pretty well. Um Vigilante, I think, was very good in this one. One of his better episodes. Um, you know, he walks in the hospital. He's like, still shot. I'm fine. I just need to say. Like, so, so, he just hops out the window and they do that little air noise. That, whoo, <laughs> like that I like that little. It's the little touches like that that make the show really, really good. Um, now, does this is this putting DC? Uh, is this going to get DC to the Marvel? I guess aptitude. Well, that's hard to say. I mean, let's face it. You gave a gun, you know, the keys to the car for the suicide squad. And even though I loved it, it bombed at the theater. Just so you know, it bombed. It did. I'm not going to, there's no way I can deny that. I loved it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I will watch it again. A lot of people do not share that. So, 
Quality-wise, I thought it was better than the original Suicide Squad. Um, I feel like it should have lifted it up, but it didn't. So, you know, that, and you really can't put that at Batman's feet because Batman is it's always its own thing, right? Yeah. At least the way that we got it set up. So, you like to think Batman would raise things up, and I'm sure Batman's going to sell very well. I'm super interested. I know you're interested. Oh, yeah. Uh, the question comes into how well the next Aquaman movie is received. You know me, I'm not a fan of the character, but I, I love th- the Momoa version. I think everything hinges on the Flash to me. Well, Flash, yeah, and Flash as well. If that's well received, which they're building a fair amount of buzz, and I know they're not necessarily taking a page out of Marvel's book, because both companies have multiverses, but because Marvel landed first and exposed the general public to a multiverse and all the cool things you can do with it, that's the hotness right now, right? Right. Even though in comics, technically, you know, DC did it first with their huge Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1984. When it comes to movies, I mean, Hello, Spider-Man. It's a billion-dollar film now. I know. In a pandemic. I know. There's there's no no excuses is what I'm saying. If it's good, it's good. People will see it. Exactly. So the point is, at least Flash has the hotness of, you know, possibly being part of this whole multiverse thing. And if, I mean, I know I'm geeked to see Michael Keaton as Batman. Right. I'm geeked to see Ben Affleck come back as Batman one last time. I know there are going to be surprises there that maybe have not leaked yet. Right. Or maybe they will leak before the movie comes out. The point is, you're right. It all hinges on Flash. If Flash bombs, I don't know where the DCEU goes. I don't either. Or do they start looking for a showrunner or some kind of producer like a Feige that's overseeing storylines? Because we've got Shazam again coming soon next year, I think. And there's, there's a lot. Black this is a DC year. There's like three or four movies coming out, so you know. Maybe DC's just content with having standalone films. That's fine. Then to say that, then you know, don't what I'm getting at is they're half ass connecting things. So either make a decision or don't make a decision. Right. Either make Batman part of the DCEU or don't. Right. Let us know. Right. Because you're exactly right. With Flashpoint, they have the potential to bring everyone into one. Because I'm not even sure that, you know, is this new, the Batman taking place in the seventies, eighties? We don't really know. No, it's, if it's in this, if it's in the eighties, then maybe it's in some weird Joker thing. I don't know from the Joker. Cause that's like late seventies, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Right. Like I, yeah. Didn't Joker take place in the early eighties? I thought seventies. I like that. Could be, could be, it's whatever. But again, to that point, Joker's fantastic as right. a standalone off- offshoot. 100%. I don't know if that character works super great folded in. No, I don't think like, so either. I think it should be, a, that's what it is. I'd rather, maybe people don't like him or don't like him, but Jared Leto, they folded him in at the end of the Zack Snyder's Justice League. So. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, but I mean, he's in there. It's part of, he's already there is what I'm saying. Right. 
right. in Suicide Squad. I I don't know. Maybe DC doesn't need to take the Marvel approach. Maybe, but that's the thing. I guess they're going to keep having offshoots. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to predict because we don't know what Flashpoint's going to do or Flash is going to do to the DCU. Right. right. All right. Well, at the end of the day, Peacemaker is damn worth the watch if you have HBO Max. If you don't have HBO Max, try to get the free month or something since they're all streaming now and watch it. It's, it's well worth well worth uh, the entertainment value for sure. Um, tell us what you think. How can they tell us what what they think, our, our listeners, Michael? What can they do to yell at us? Well, our listeners can find us on Twitter and Instagram at KyberCast. Please leave a comment. What did you think of Peacemaker? Was was it awesome? Did, was it not for you? Just let us know. You can also let us know on Facebook at at the KyberCast. We have both a page and a group, and we're very uh, we're pretty active there. I think. I think so. Before we tie the show in a bow, anything that you want to cover on Peacemaker that I missed that we should cover? No, I mean, I, I, I yeah, that was really cohesive, wasn't it? And, Cogent. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my point is Peacemaker is a meathead, right? Yep. He, he's a simplistic character. So there's not really a lot to say about him other than, like what I've already said, this show was a journey. It took us from a guy that's just an asshole to growth and interpersonal relationships. And it's that strength. Yes, there's a lot of dick jokes and toilet humor in this show. And that, there's an appeal to that, no question. But at the end of the day, this show is about people and forming families and relationships. And it's far, far more deeper than the dick and shit jokes make it seem to be on the surface. Absolutely. All right. So if you would like to help out the show, again, check out patreon.com slash kybercast. Or better yet, the best way to help the show is to smash that subscribe button, smash it, kill it, punch it whatever you got to do. Um, that way you'll be told when a new episode comes out, um, share the podcast with a friend. That's the next best thing you can do or give us a rating, something like that on Apple podcasts. Um, you can share it with any of your friends on any of the podcast catchers that you can find. Um, or you know what? Check out kybercast.com. We post all the episodes there and you can stream them through SoundCloud. Um, so that'll do it for this week. Next week might be slow because I don't think anything's really coming out next week, but I'm sure we'll find enough to talk about next week. So until then, fuck you, Barry. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.